Welcome to the Movers Resource Guide podcast, connecting you to the resources you need to create success. We chat with the best vendors, associations, mentors, movers, and more, giving you the information you need to make your moving company the best it can be. Today, we have a conversation with Mike Baker from Your Social Liaison. The conversation centers around the best way to engage with lead sources on social media. Mike and I had a great conversation. We had a lot of fun. Um, I think that there's a lot to learn here and a lot that can help you build your social presence and build those connections for free. So hopefully this information is valuable to you and you enjoy the conversation. Without further ado, let's get to Mike. All right. Welcome, Mike. I'm, I'm glad to have you here on the podcast. We've been talking about this for a little while. So uh, welcome. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Brian. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we were able to get this together. And I'm appreciative of uh, your time and yeah. having me come on here. This is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, glad to have you on. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this as well. So uh, what you have, Mike, is the reason we brought you on is you started a company called Your Social Liaison, which I think is a, a very different and unique idea um, that I don't think a lot of people are, are doing. And I really like the background of how you uh, kind of came into it and what you're doing for people. And uh, would love today to talk to you about kind of the background of how you came into it and you know what we can do to do what you're doing on our own. Um, and and tell us what it's all about. Right. So, um, so with that, you know, how how did you, how did you get into and come to, how did your social liaison come to be? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, your social liaison came about, about a little over two years ago, I had this aha moment and I had this idea of a type of strategy to use for my personal social media, um, to kind of lead generate and maintain relationships and that idea and concept and, really challenge that I came up with uh, snowballed into the business as it currently is. And what we effectively ended up doing was creating the first social media agency that focused more so on maintaining real relationships without doing any sort of paid advertising. So it's all organic. So, so tell us about what were you doing at the time where you were started doing this on your own for yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think that's really important to frame this whole conversation oh, absolutely. And, and the target market that you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, this is my old business capital region, real producers. We started this back in 2018. It was a franchise and that's, that's really where I got into social media. I was never really into social media before but I needed to use the social media in order to build up the business and really get the message out for what we were, what we were building. Cause it was the 36th franchise across the country and it was new and nobody had heard of it. So yeah. I leaned heavily on social media in order to get that message out and to promote it. But the problem was, was I couldn't do any sort of paid advertising because we were looking strictly to work with the top 300 real estate agents. So yeah. we're targeting these 300 real estate agents, trying to promote a, promote them in a magazine for free to tell their story. And then we're partnering up with different people in the real estate industry, like home inspectors, lenders, uh, real estate attorneys, movers. And what we would do is we would refer those individuals to the agents that we were working with in the magazine and tie yeah. them together, right? Yeah. So I couldn't just do a paid advertising to the top 500 real estate agents in the capital region. 
oxygen, it wasn't possible. So I, I had to like learn the hard way and figure out how to effectively use social media in order to promote it. And, and I got so good at it that our business page had 160,000 reach in a two year time frame without wow. any paid advertising. Wow. That's and incredible. It was, yeah. It was all about <laughs> tagging and, and, and yeah. just working the algorithm the right way. Yeah, um, I love that. Right. Oh, yeah. Gosh, the, the reach, yeah. right. And, uh, and you're it, a little bit, maybe broader market than what movers are specifically dealing with, but man, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of reach is great. And unpaid was the it, biggest thing. That's the best part, right? Yeah. Because I, I mean, we're movers. I'll tell you in a story in a little bit about how movers don't have money. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's fantastic. So, so you work with real, you started the real producers magazine. You're, you're focused on the top 300 agents in a real estate market. You need to get a hold of them and, and, and get them to start uh, using your magazine or, or get them into your magazine. So what's really interesting about that from the moving industry perspective is you were after the top 300 agents in your market. But I think that's an important point because you're after the same people we're after. So you really know what you're doing and getting in contact with, you know, the real estate agents that are who we want to be referral partners for us. And we can, and closely related to that, there's other industries that we can pull in and work with. But um, tell us about how you used that platform, whether that's Facebook or, but social specifically, uh, and how you got to connect with them in a way that allowed you to get this kind of reach. Absolutely. Yeah. So for like three years, I was really honed in on Facebook and on social media. And I was, I really knew who all the people were because I was in that area for so long. So mm -hmm. it, it was in June of 2021 I, I had this idea because one thing that I, I want to touch on this, one thing that I noticed is that even though social media was out there and people were using it to market, there were people who were relying heavily on it and there were people who weren't using it at all. Right. There were people who would really focus on social media and then people who didn't even have one, but they're both doing the same amount of business. So I realized that it was a tool that people could use. And I realized that the problem was that people weren't using it the right way and they didn't really understand how to use it. Okay. So in June of 2021, uh, I'll never forget it. I was getting my daughter dressed. She was like two years old. Uh, and I had this like aha moment. It was one of those times where you have to stop and write it down yeah. because it's so yeah. good. <laughs> um, and, and that really was what started the momentum of the snowball that would eventually become the business that that we're running. Um, okay. And I got the idea from my wife's grandma, actually. Of all people. Of all people. <laughs> your right? wife's grandma gave you the social media idea yep, that she, started your business. Exactly. Okay, yep. and she's got 80 friends on Facebook. <laughs> you know, she, she's always there. But what this is what happened. So in in September of 2019, me and my wife, we, we were going to get married. And about eight months, nine months before, we send out all the RSVPs. Her grandma and grandpa, who live locally, they RSVP'd mm -hmm. back that they weren't going to come to our wedding. And my wife is like, she's devastated. Upset, right? yeah. She's, yeah. She doesn't know why. Her grandma's not really giving her a good reason. And, and she's she's crying. And I've only met these people like twice. Yep. So I was like, all right, that's strike one. You, know, you made my fiance <laughs> cry. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to move on with my life. So we're going, going, going. And then it's about a month before the wedding. 
her grandma reaches out and she's like, I'm sorry, we changed our mind. We want to change our RSVP. Can we, can we go? I'm like happy day. This is great. Jump through all yeah. the hoops, right? Get them on the list. Fast forward a month or so day of the wedding. It gets there. It's beautiful. It's clear. It's nice fall day. All the, all the foliage is beautiful. We're right there by the water getting pictures done. And we get to the reception and we realize that the the only two empty seats are her grandma and grandpa's. They okay. no showed us and they didn't show up. So my uh, wife's upset. Yeah. <laughs> She's crying, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, no showed us on the wedding day. My wife's crying now. Now my wife is crying. That strikes two through ten. Bottom <laughs> of the totem pole. I'm not talking to you guys. Like I'm just moving on with my life. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's the way it was. And then right after that the pandemic hit and then we had our daughter, Sophia on March 27th, like, right. As everything was closing down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then six months later, my wife got pregnant again. So we stayed home, right. Working from home, doing our whole thing. We were like super isolated, just staying away from people. Yeah. Uh, and then everything started to get better. So it opened up. And it was about a year and a half later. It was June of 2021. I'm sitting there getting my daughter dressed. And uh, my wife's mom is taking my daughter to her grandma and grandpa's house to meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there getting her dressed, talking to my wife, saying, yeah, we haven't seen them in forever. We should go and hang out with them and all this stuff. And then I had a flashback of how pissed off I was a year and a half earlier. Yeah. And I got really confused because I didn't know why I now wanted to hang out with these people. <laughs> I'm like, why do I want to go hang out with them? Yeah, what happened here? Yeah. yeah How do you get brainwashed? Like, like I was so mad and they were at the bottom of the totem pole. And now I want to go and hang out with them. And I start thinking about it. And I don't know if it was if it was she felt bad or she felt guilty or whatever. But ever since our wedding day, my wife's grandma, Stella Zara, has been our biggest raving fan on social media. Yeah. Literally likes and comments on every single post. Yeah. Business, personal, doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. We come back from vacation. My wife's got 60 notifications because her grandma (laughs) liked and commented every photo. Awesome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and what I realized is that even though I wasn't talking to her, even though we weren't communicating. She every was participating time, in your life. Exactly. Every time she yeah. commented, every time she liked it, it just, it moved that bar. It, you know, she was yeah. active. She was there. She was that supporter. And you love those who love you. Yeah. So slowly through every like and every, every comment, my opinion of her grew fonder to the point where I wanted to go hang out with them. And I had no idea what sneak attack. It was. <laughs> it was. And that's when it clicked. I, I I realized two things. A, the power of social media is much greater than we could even like imagine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And B, I now had this personal mission to become everyone else's grandma and become their biggest raving fan on social media. And so reversing back, you started then commenting on their on anything they put out there liking it um and engaging with their posts um and that's how you got so many followers yep yep that's what i did i i sat there and i said okay what do i got to do i'm going to make a list of 200 people 
the people that I want to be top of mind with, mm -hmm. current clients, potential clients, top agents, the guy I put on the first cover of the magazine, uh, mm -hmm. the the CEOs and vice presidents of our parent company and two for, uh, company, right? Yeah. Um, all of these different people, because I, I think to myself, if this worked for my wife's grandma and made me think fondly of her, what about the home inspector that wasn't ready to advertise or become a part of our community two years ago yeah. and now is ready to make the leap? What what if he's uncomfortable and doesn't want to reach back out? What if he feels like he blew the opportunity? What if I became his biggest raving fan? Or he wasn't open to the idea before, but and now, now he is. commented like that he, you've, you've done the sneak attack on him and all of a sudden he feels some warmth towards you and maybe he was closed off to the idea before where maybe now he's open to it. Exactly. Um, and now when you reach out, it's and now a, when I reach a, out, they're like, hey, yeah, let's get yeah, together. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's uh, what I found. I started doing that. And I did that. I, what I would do is I would I made a list of 250 people. It ended up being mm -hmm. uh, every day, Monday through Friday. I would sit down for an hour and I would take one minute per person. I'd set a timer and I would look that person up and I would engage. And if there was something important like a birth, a death, a marriage or something like that, I would write it down. And then after 15 minutes. I would then put all those things into my to-do list. So I'd then follow up on them. And that that discipline to do that and set the timer is really interesting because, you know, not all of us have an hour a week where we could devote to that. But I think there are a lot of smaller moving companies where, you know what, you don't have to do this at noon or 1 p.m. Yeah. You could do it at nine at night, one in the morning, like whenever yeah. you have time, you could do that. And they just see the engagement. They don't necessarily notice what time you engaged with them. Um, but just, just taking the time to be disciplined about that, uh, is, is really interesting because a lot of us don't take the time to do that stuff. Uh, and it was really, it, it's just, it's wild without paying, you know, you stumbled upon this, you're just consistent about it. And then all of a sudden you have a hundred reach of 160,000. Um, it's just, that's, uh, it's incredible. And, uh, you know, Mad props on on uh, <laughs> on doing that, discovering it, and following through on it. That's the yeah. follow through. Sometimes very tough. So, yeah. um, all right. So we're gonna take a little break here. Yeah. Uh, like to entertain the moving industry as we talk about. You know, it's we we get all these stories that make us laugh or cry or just typical moving industry stories. And uh, you know, I, I figured this time I, I don't normally I'm not the norm, one who normally tells a story but I'll I'll uh, let you off the hook a little bit here since <laughs> you're kind of on the side of the industry right so uh, you might not have uh, a moving story that would necessarily relate to everyone so um, we 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 mentioned earlier about you know you've done all this reach for free and and movers don't always have money and you know just not having money as a mover just it reminds me of when I tripped and fell into the moving industry um, we started doing some moving, you know, illegally because we didn't know any better. Right. Mm -hmm. But people who knew me and who knew a, uh, another mover in my area that was trying to retire kind of pushed us together to talk, which is why I discovered uh, all these great uh, rules and regulations about the moving industry. Um, but after maybe a year of having a relationship this, with this guy, we ended up buying out his business. And while the business was in closing or, or was in the process of getting closed, he brought me in. He had a customer who wanted a, a quote and he had gotten real small at this time. We're talking his revenue for a year was under a couple hundred thousand dollars. So we were buying nothing of a company, you know, where he was basically giving it over to us. And uh, so he had a customer that was uh, 
moving out of a nicer trailer park and wanted storage for a long time. So I was really interested in this quote because it was going to come into storage, be there for a couple of years, and I was going to have the building at that point. So it was going to be my long-term customer. So I come in, we go to this nicer trailer park. He does the quote. He comes back to his office. We sit down at his desk, no joke. He turns to the right and pulls out his like file drawer, right? And I'm thinking he's going to pull out some files or something. Nope. Old school typewriter. He pulls it out, puts it up, locks it in place, feeds a paper into this thing and starts typing out this, uh, this quote. And I was like, this desk must be from 1960. This is crazy. But literally with a typewriter, and we're talking 12 years ago. Like, wow. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's not like it was a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> let's, let's go. We'll, we'll go with this. And so he starts walking me through all the tariff guidelines and the pricing and, and how he's putting the money in. And I started to get mad. And because it was, he was, the bill was getting so high and what he was about to present to them was pretty expensive. And from my perspective and thinking of things from my wallet perspective, uh, I'm like, there's no way in hell these people are going to pay that much to move and put their stuff into storage. And I'm pretty frustrated because I don't want them to lose the job because this is future revenue for me. Yeah. And, but I bit my tongue. I didn't say anything. We went out to, we went back to the customer's house still very frustrated, but you know, I appreciate everything this guy's doing for me. So I don't want to like tick him off or anything. So I didn't say anything. And we go to the customer's house. He walks through everything and they're like, all right, great. Can we pick a date? And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And um, I'll never forget. I, we, we, we went back, we, you know, talked about it afterwards. And I, on my way home, I called my wife. I was like, you are not going to believe what he booked this job for this is it. This is the industry for us. Like we're going to make an absolute killing here. Like I'm so excited. Like, I can't believe how much you can, you can charge for a moving job. And, uh, I, I, I won't forget that conversation because two months later after the business had closed, you know, we're doing work and now I have all of these legal proper expenses, all the insurances, the building, you know, the, the truck expenses, all these massive overhead expenses that this industry has. And no joke, not even two months later, you know, I look at my wife and, and the other girl I have in the office and I was like, oh my God, we got to raise our rates or we're going to go out of business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just like uh, a yeah. typical moving industry high and then a moving industry low. Right. Uh, so I always laugh about that because it was just like how blind I was when I came into the industry and I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to make so much money. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's never that easy, <laughs> you no, know, so no. more money, more problems, man. And I tell yeah. you what, this industry, I, I don't know if maybe, maybe you guys out there have a, a similar, uh, experience with the industry, but every time I'm like, I think we've got it. I think we figured it out. And I think we're really gonna excel and ex succeed and, and really make a lot of money. The second that I start thinking that is the second that things turn and you're just yeah. like, you're like, wait, wait, what the hell just happened? You know, what's going on? So anyways, so uh, that's my funny story. Hopefully you guys out there can relate to that. Uh, if not, just, you know, comment and let me know that I'm off my rocker and uh, maybe there's a better way to go about it. And if there is, please share it with me. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, 
So let's let's dive back into it now, Mike. Um, so we've talked about your background, how you kind of stumbled in and had this aha moment and, and how that's really was able for you to drive a lot of reach uh, to get to reach those goals of your company. So you then changed that from real producers and what you took there and, and tell us, you know, real quick, how that transition happened. So you were doing it for yourself to promote real producers. And so how did we get from there to your social liaison? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So it, what I originally thought of was was like a strategy. I, I thought of a specific way of of using social media to to stand out and to stay top of mind with people, and and that's what I discovered was in in doing this and going on every day, Monday through Friday, engaging with fifty people a day, staying and keeping up with them. I wasn't missing things. I wasn't dropping the ball or like, like when I first started doing it, I found one of my friends who's, whose dad had passed away six months earlier. And I'm not going to reach out six months later and be like, Hey, I just thought of you and just looked you up. Sorry to hear about your dad. Right. You know? <laughs> so, so in doing so, I found that over a consistent amount of time, about a month and a half, uh, I really started to know what was going on in people's sphere of influence, mm -hmm. but also everybody else was seeing this engagement. They were seeing it on their friends' comments, on their friends. They they start. I started to hear things when I was out meeting with people like, oh, I see you all over the place. Well, they weren't actually seeing me everywhere. They were just seeing me online because they were seeing my presence. So yeah. after about a month and a half, I started to notice that my, my likes and my comments on my posts themselves started to go up. And then people started reaching out to me wanting to advertise in the magazine instead of me reaching out to them and cold calling them and, and begging them for a meeting. Right. So, and, and that's always better, right? Like, <laughs> I'd much yeah. rather have people come to me than have to knock on their door because it's much yeah. higher success rate. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I was like, I was like, that's it. How can I turn what I did for me into a, a business and give that same process to other people? Yeah. And that's when we started our first beta test. And we started with two customers. And then within the matter of three months, we were up to like 24 clients that we had. Wow. And it was like, it went bonkers. Yeah. You, you catch a good idea and all of a sudden people see the value in it. They like it and uh, the floodgates can open, right? Oh, absolutely. So, yes. so you started with a few test customers. It went well. And these test customers were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were other real estate agents or real estate agents or yep. related inspectors. Yeah. Yep. Mortgage so loan you're, originators. You're working on all of their socials and getting them to connect. And this thing just grows like crazy. Um. So I, I think it's important to talk about, um, you know, so we know the concept of, hey, it, love on the people that you want to love on you, interact and engage with the people that you want to and inter interact and engage with you. But there's a couple of more really important points to that. It's just not that simple, right? Uh, well, it's not just in simple, as simple as engaging with people. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about choosing the right people to engage with. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, how, how does that factor into the importance here? The most important thing. It's the mo okay. most important thing. I would say, so when I looked at, at real producers, we were targeting the top 300 agents because we wanted to target their referral sources, not their referral sources, but the vendors that they would send referrals to. Yeah. Right. Yep. So when I look at targeting for social media, you want to target the people who are going to be most likely to send you business. Yeah. And in the real estate industry, the top the top 10 percent 
do about 90% of the business. Yeah, it's that 80-20 rule, right? Yeah. You, you, yeah. you got it's a 10 a little more skewed. But, yeah. Right, right, right. But still yeah. the 80-20 rule is essentially, you know, the, that's exactly Actually, what you're no, saying, I think so. you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's not 10 is 90%. 10% does about 50%. So yeah, 20% does about 80% of the yeah. business. Right, you're right. Sure, yeah. Um, so so that, you want to connect with that top 10 or 20%. That's who you want. Right. And what I found out is by doing this and looking those people up consistently and supporting them consistently, the the businesses that we're working with end up being top of mind and they can easily get a referral just by being nice to the real estate agent. They get that kind of like uh, law of reciprocity kicks in. Yeah. yeah. So so that who you're targeting, you, you don't want to target somebody who's not going to be able to send you any referrals. And, and I think that, you know, we go in and we'll, we'll talk to the real estate companies and present to the, to the group there, which is good because you get a, a good relationship with that office manager, maybe, or, you know, maybe there's a new real estate agent that's in the bottom 80 right now, but someday we'll be in that top 20%. And so it's good to build that relationship young, but a lot of times that top 20%, when we're in there presenting, they're not there. They closed 20 deals last month or 10 deals last month. And they're now um, they're out there closing another deal. So we don't get to them. So through social media, though, we can get to them. Yeah. So that's, you know, and so for us, I think the most important group would be those real estate agents. But, you know, I think that we can get good referrals from the home inspector or, uh, you know, a mortgage broker or whatever, maybe not so as intensely as the the real estate agents. But, you know, we certainly don't want to be taking our time and engaging with the snowplow guy, right? Because yeah. <laughs> like they're, uh, you know, somebody's not engaging with a snowplow guy uh, in, in anticipation of a move, maybe a landscaper to clean up their yard or something you know, maybe we could stretch that, but, but not the snowplow guy. So, yeah. um, you know, choosing the right people, as you said, is, is, is super important to that. Um, so, uh, okay. So, Got those couple of points. We're we're just about out of time. I think there's just one more point we have that's kind of vital to all of this working. Um, and and as we talked, I think that's the the thing we pulled out of there was the consistency of doing this. So yeah. talk talk to us a little bit about that. Consistency is everything. So the way that the I'll I'll be I'll make it completely simple. Uh, the way that the Facebook algorithm works is. When you sit down and you start scrolling through the newsfeed, you see the top 40 or 50 people that you engage with. Yeah. So what I've figured out is that if you take, instead of 40 or 50 people, 375 people, which is about 75 a day, mm -hmm. and you engage with them, they might not become one of your top engaged people. They might right. not show up on your newsfeed, but everything that you post then shows up on theirs. So by, yeah. by liking and commenting on their stuff, they're receiving notifications that are reminding you of them. But then also when they sit down at night and they go onto their page and they start going through it, they also see the content that you post as well. So yeah. it's a constant reminder of you. And when they see that, they're going to want to also like and engage with it as well. Yeah. Um, it's that staying in front of people that that's most important. But if you're engaging with 375 people now, when you post your post, it's not 40 people that might see it. It's hundreds of people that are going to see it Yeah. by, by engaging first and engaging consistently, you're going to get in front of many, many more people, high quality leads than any other form of marketing. Yeah. And, and 
so many people are on social media now and, and in our industry, you know, uh, most of our clients are on at this point. There's maybe in the older segments of our market, they're not there, but you know, the 60 year olds are on Facebook now. Right. So, oh, yeah. so our market's on there. Right. Uh, so we, we've kind of laid this all out and really anybody can do this. It, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, there's, there's no secret sauce here. You just gave us all the secrets to what you did. Um, you know, finding the right people, um, consistently engaging with them and they're going to engage back with you and you're going to grow your reach and your, your scope on Facebook. Um, so you gave us all the steps and everything you did to get that $160,000 or 160,000 person reach. Right. Uh, so that's fantastic. And it's really, really great information for us. So we really appreciate you sharing that, um, because it is truly something anybody can do on their own. Yeah. Um, I, I say that kind of tongue in cheek though, because I could do it on my own, but I'm, I, I can tell you, I'm just never going to do that on my own. And because of that, thankfully I have you and you can help us with that. So I can engage services with you and say, Hey, Mike, this is a great idea. I think you're onto something here. Um, but I can't do this on my own. I don't have the time or I don't want to spend the time on this particular thing. Um, so kind of explain uh, what you guys do uh, to help your, your customers out. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the reason why we had to create an agency. It was because I had this idea. I'm going in front of all these business owners. I'm saying, what if I could engage with your best 375 or 750 clients? And they're like, yes, I'll pay for it, but I'm not going to do it on my own. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I got to figure out all, all the processes. So what, what we do simply is we sit down with our clients, we, we help them, we assimilate in with their social media people already. Mm -hmm. uh, we are now uh, working on offering posting services. Up until this okay. point, we haven't done any sort of posting. But yep. what we like to do is work with the current social media team that they have, and then come up with a list of people who would be the best referral uh, sources for them. So like a list of agents, like we've done with you. Yep. Uh, and then once that list is completed, then we go in and we engage with those people on as that business page, 375 right. people every week. And then if there's something that is important, or if we see something, it's kind of like uh life lock, right? Okay. Where if you see something, then we can take a screenshot of it and send it to our client and say, Hey, this person, uh, shared your stuff or recommended you, or this person said they had a bad experience. You might want to reach out to them. Right. Uh, yeah. Those types of things that we look for. And then we update the client on what's going on in their social sphere. So yeah. we're constantly supporting the, their referral sources for them and we're monitoring the sphere of influence. And then we're helping them. Uh, we're helping coach their social media people to have more effective posting strategies as far as tag yeah. to put out there, what people like, uh, what's going to get people to engage back. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. Like when we meet once a month and we just see that, that upward trajectory of the reach of our social posts and, and how much that it grows each month, you know, it took a while for it to take effect. Right. So, but it, it was, it's really interesting after three, four, five months of doing this, where all of a sudden, you know, it's like slow growth, slow growth. And I'm like, boom, holy cow, look at this. Now the wheels are catching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also very interesting to, you know, maybe a, I, I remember a, maybe a month ago now, we had a real estate company that we haven't traditionally done a ton of work with. 
their social media team made a custom post about Wayfinder Moving to just say, hey, if you're looking for moving services, check out our friends, Wayfinder Moving. And it's just, you're just like, holy crap, that's fantastic. You know, we, we, we could have never knocked on their door enough to get them to do that. No, <laughs> you know no. what I mean? But uh, you can so... like their posts enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. So there's been multiple situations like that where we've had people post about us, uh, not even just commenting on our stuff, but literally creating uh, unique posts about us. So uh, it's fantastic. I think you've got an awesome idea. Uh, really, really proud of how, how you've built this and, and it's really exciting. And uh, I, I think you're onto something. Um, so I, I wanted to get you onto the podcast and share you with the world. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, see you ha- uh, do great things. But I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come out and talk to us on the podcast here, um, you know, and look forward to great things to come. Absolutely. No, I appreciate your time. And thanks for having me, Brian. Definitely. Thank you for listening to that whole conversation with Mike. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. Um, really enjoy Mike. Uh, he's got a lot of energy and has some great ideas there. So, you know, thank you for listening to the whole podcast. If you're interested in reaching out to Mike and your social liaison, you have more questions for them, or maybe you want to engage with their services, the best way to contact them would be your social liaison at gmail.com. And if you're like me and don't know how to spell liaison, make sure you Google that. Once again, this is Brian Hassan. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a future show, please send us an email at moversresourceguide at gmail.com. I hope you have a great day. Now get moving.